Our leader for tonight is George. Thanks. My name is George. <laughs> I'm a compulsive overeater. Hi, George. Before I go any further, I need to get in fit spiritual condition to be able to share. So please join me in the we version of a serenity prayer. God, grant us the serenity to accept the things that we cannot change, the courage to change the things we can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Thank you. Um, I want to welcome Louise. Uh, newcomers are the most important people in any meeting. You are the reason why we have meetings. I want to acknowledge those who came before us and showed us how to recover. I want to thank Roseanne and the early pioneers of OA who paved the way and gave us the tools that we can use in order to live abstinently, relieved of our compulsion around food. I particularly want to thank Bill W. and Dr. Bob and the early pioneers of AA who shared with us that there was a way out of our dilemma. It's called the 12 Steps, a true design for living. I am forever grateful for them, to them for providing the spiritual solution to our common problem. I want to thank Linda for asking me to share this evening. I was surprised to discover that the last time I shared was last May at this meeting. Since getting the invitation, I've been reflecting on why it's so difficult for me to share my experience, strength, and hope. Even when I was abstinent, having lost over 100 pounds and worked in a serious program, I was often reluctant to share. I was filled with a lot of shame and felt like I didn't really have anything worthwhile to share. Honestly, I didn't feel I measured up the OA standards. So in the past, whenever I shared, I would use prepare notes. You see, I really didn't want to take you on a journey into my dark resources of my sick addict mind. The fact is that sharing is not something that comes naturally to me. I'm an addict, a compulsive overeater, and I've never shared a thing in my life. This sharing is all new to me. So it takes practice. So thank you for asking me to share. Here are the facts that allow me to share in this program. I've been in these rooms since January 2005. I've been a compulsive eater, overeater my entire life. My top weight was over 260 pounds. Through the grace of God and by working the steps, I was able to release over 100 pounds and have been able to keep it off for almost nine and a half years. It took coming into recovery for me to finally realize the depth of a disease I suffer from. Like alcoholism, it has three components, a physical compulsion, an obsession of the mind, and a spiritual component. I called myself a compulsive overeater, and that is true. But in fact, what you are looking at this evening really is an ex-junkie. For most of my life, I've been addicted to junk food in all its various forms and shapes. When I was younger, I was an emotional isolator. Growing up, my closest friends were the Frito Bandito, the Pillsbury Doughboy, and Ronald McDonald. <laughs> there wasn't a junk food group that I wasn't on intimate terms with. However, even calling myself an ex-junkie doesn't go far enough to describe the true depths of my illness. You see, I am a seriously sick person. I suffer from what Bill W. called a soul sickness, the symptoms of my particular disease all begin with S. I am selfish, self-absorbed, self-righteous, self-satisfied, and stubborn. In a word, self-will run riot. While in recovery, I also discovered that the remedy for my disease also began with S. 
my original sponsor drummed into me that no matter what the problem I was facing, the solution was always more spiritual development. For most of my life, I considered myself a moral person following a very disciplined spiritual path. In fact, most of my life has been spent in service, giving back to my community and society, dedicating my life to equality and social justice for all. At least, that's the way it looked on the outside. But those who really knew me saw another George, someone who was filled with anger and rage, a workaholic, a man who was not in control of his emotions. I abused all of the basic human appetites, whether they revolved around sex, drugs, alcohol, and especially food. In a word, I was a walking disaster. For years, I continued to struggle with and against these strong, powerful urges, which inevitably undermined my best intentions. I drank because I thought it gave me the courage to deal with all my problems. I smoked pot to relieve me of all the stress of my crazy life. I took ecstasy and other mind-altering drugs, thinking that it would give me the wisdom of a better life. And I ate, and I ate, and I ate. None of it worked. When I first came into these rooms over 14 years ago, I remember hearing someone say that they had a food problem, but they didn't feel like they were a compulsive overeater. So what's the difference? Well, for them, certain foods, primarily sugar and foods high in carbohydrates, caused them problems. Okay, so what's a compulsive overeater? Well, that's someone who, once they start eating, can't stop. Wow. In fact, when I came into OA, I had my own version of this. I would say that for me, food was never a problem. Food was the solution to all my problems. At least, that is what I told myself. And my weight continued to go up and up and up. So after a lot of years of experimenting with all kinds of food plans, diets, and exercise plans, I'm here tonight to tell you who I truly am. I'm just a compulsive overeater with an eating problem. Simply put, when it comes to food, I have a stopping and starting problem. You know, once I start, I can't stop. So I guess that actually makes me a compulsive overeater. Can you relate to that? I came into these rooms completely beaten down by my disease. Humiliated, I finally gave up and admitted complete defeat. I'm going to share something with you now that everyone in this room even the newcomers, already know only too well. Isn't it true that before you came into OA, you knew you had a serious problem? Many of you probably also were aware of what your disease was doing to you. Yet, you didn't stop. Because just like me, you couldn't stop. The fact is, neither knowledge Yes, I truly am a compulsive overeater, nor awareness. Why can't I stop doing this? Cannot, cannot guarantee recovery. It just allows you to claim your seat in this room. Louise, let me restate this in another way. 
The longer you are in these rooms, you will hear a lot of people talking about abstinence and how you define your abstinence. You may even get confused by these seeming conflicting definitions of abstinence. Please don't. Here is the only fact you need to remember. Everybody, absolutely everybody in this room knows when they are absent and when they're not. Personally, I spent a lot of years following other people's definitions of abstinence, following their food plans. It didn't work for me. For me, getting abstinent was never a problem. It was staying abstinent, day in and day out. That was the challenging part. Eventually, the only way I stopped eating compulsively was by turning to a power greater than myself. When I literally got down on my knees and turned over my will and my life, including my food, to my higher power and began working the steps, miraculously, I was given the gift of abstinence and my compulsion to overeat was arrested. As I said earlier, with the help of my higher power and by working this program, I was able to release 100 pounds and keep most of it off for almost nine and a half years. At that point, food was no longer a problem, or so I told myself. I honestly thought I had it licked. But my story doesn't end there. Over the past few years, despite attending at least four meetings a week, working the steps, and even sponsoring people, yes, I started gaining weight. So how does this happen to me? How is the George, someone who thought he was a spiritual giant in OA, would find himself attending relapse meetings. For me, a good way to tell whether you are in relapse or not is to check to see if you are spiritually fit. Ask yourself, how do your spiritual pants fit, so to speak? To be honest, I couldn't fit into my spiritual pants anymore. That's when I knew I was in relapse. Among other things, I was suffering from the most deadly ism any addict can suffer from. You guessed it. I was so spiritually enlightened that I started sponsoring myself. I kept telling myself, well, I worked all the steps. I guess I really don't need a sponsor anymore. Don't misunderstand me. I had a terrific sponsor when I first came into the rooms and got abstinent. But then he left the program years ago and I didn't get another one. I remember there was a particular selection from OA abstinence book which nailed me every time we read it. Ironically, it was an article entitled, It Works If You Work It. The author shared, the disease of compulsive overeating is cunning, baffling, and powerful. It uses any means to rob us of our program and recovery manipulating us into continuing to use excess or inappropriate food for survival. It keeps us in the bondage of food, fat, overeating, and self-obsession. The disease cuts us off from the world and closes the pathway to God. Our recovery is contingent on the elimination of compulsive overeating from our lives so that we can reopen that pathway and keep it clear. It's only through abstinence that we can do that. To those of us who've come a long way emotionally, spiritually, and physically, but who still carry excess weight, 
I can only say that it is a continuous elimination of compulsive eating behaviors that leads to continued recovery from this disease. The fact is, as long as I'm overweight, I'm eating more food than my body needs. And if I'm eating more than I need, I'm overeating. Simple overeating leads to compulsive overeating, which can lead us right out of the program. So if I remain overweight, then there are some food choices and eating behaviors that I'm not turning over to God. I must continue to eliminate them if I want continued recovery. I have to take my absence seriously. Everything in my life must resolve around it. That's from the Absalence book. For me, what I wear today, what I weigh today is a clear sign that the disease I suffer from is cunning, baffling, powerful, and persistent. I accept the fact that if I weigh too much, I'm eating too much. And in particular, I'm eating, excuse me, I'm eating too much of the wrong kinds of food. What this fellow wrote resonates with my experience. However, it doesn't go far enough to identify the depth of my disease. You see, I don't have an eating problem. I truly wish it was that simple. Actually, I am a foodaholic. And if I want to stand even a slight chance of recovery, I must face the full truth about the gravity of my disease. I finally had to admit that I really was in relapse when I discovered that I was eating not to nourish my body, not even to assuage my hunger. I found that I was compulsively eating and eating, trying to overcome a craving that was totally beyond my mental control. Even though I was working a half-assed program, the reality was I had no effective defense against taking that first compulsive bite. My relapse was slow and steady. My weight climbed one pound at a time. As I continued to listen to the voice of my disease, which gently assured me that it really will be different this time. You can handle it. Go on, go for it. I lived in this delusional world, pretending that everything was fine with my food, with my life, and with my community. None of this was true. And so I continued to compulsively eat and suffer as a result. I even, began to, I even began to adopt my old mantra. For me, food was never a problem. It was a solution to all my problems. Very soon, this attitude became a very big problem because I began to eat and eat to overcome that craving that was totally beyond my mental control. Like so many others, I loved the way certain foods felt in my body. What happened rather rapidly, however, was my craving for these foods became so great that I simply couldn't stop because that small craving had turned into a compulsion. I simply had to have more and more. Coupled with my physical allergy to certain food products, I also had an obsession of the mind. In fact, I have the mind of a chronic foodaholic. At its worst, all of the ways it's used to convince me that it was perfectly okay to take that first compulsive bite. You've heard all those excuses. 
It'll be different this time. What's the harm in having just a little bit? How can that hurt you? You deserve a break today. The reality of my disease is that it's a powerful, progressive, and deadly. At some point, I lost all control over my food choices and food consumption. Things got so bad, I kept looking for another sponsor. I was really desperate when I went to Unity Day in February 2016. I heard someone share that the solution was simple, spiritual, and not part of the problem. This person had what I wanted, and so I asked him to sponsor me. Any progress I've made in this program since that time is a result of our ongoing sponsorship relationship. Perhaps the most important lesson that my current sponsor continues to remind me is that just like an alcoholic who has a physical allergy to alcohol, I am a foodaholic, and I have a physical allergy to certain food substances, sugar, wheat products. Eating these products creates a physical craving in me, which unaided, I cannot possibly control. So what has changed since I've been in relapse? Well, to begin with, I've had to take my relapse very seriously. I can no longer rest on my laurels, how much weight I've lost. Despite all the progress I've made in this program, today I take my disease very seriously. I can no longer be satisfied with my food being okay. The truth is, no matter what I weigh, deep down, I'm just a garden variety foodaholic. That's a fact. And because that's a fact, every morning after my prayer and meditation, I check to see if I'm in fit physical condition by taking my blood sugar. A passage in our Voices in Recovery book is a stark reminder of the gravity of relapse. It says, I've seen too many people with years of abstinence in OA leave this program and fall into serious relapse and weight gain. These were compulsive overeaters who worked serious programs and who had experienced fully the freedom and joy and serenity of recovery. Why did they fall from grace? Because they have a chronic incurable disease that requires daily application of this program and conscious surrender to God. Circumstances in their lives distracted them from remembering that abstinence was and always must be their most pressing concern. Self-will, ego, and denial will always lead me back into self-destruction with food. For me today, abstinence is an action of refraining from compulsive overeating and compulsive food behaviors while working toward or maintaining a healthy body weight. Yes, abstinence is freedom from compulsive overeating. However, today, I'm more interested in being what I call sober abstinent. And in order to do that, I must put first things first. And that means putting the fork down. That is the first step. I had to be completely out of a food before I could continue in recovery. I had to get desperate enough that I was willing to go to any lengths and surrender at depth. As the book book reminds us, there is no way to find relief from our food addiction through human aid alone.
Our only hope was to accept the spiritual help which was suggested to us in the 12 steps. First, I had to get honest with myself about the reality of my disease. With the help of my current sponsor, I've accepted certain facts. One, I'm just a chronic foodaholic and I can't stop completely eating without triggering the phenomenon of craving and I couldn't manage my own life, particularly as regards food. Two, despite trying every shortcut I could think of, diets, restricting, pills, exercise, I continued to fail until the only relief I found from my disease was total abstinence. Three, to achieve this, I simply had to be willing to turn my will and my life over to the care of a power greater than myself and be willing to follow a few simple suggestions. As painful as it has been, my time in relapse has taught me a very important lesson. I'm just a foodaholic, a simple compulsive overeater who has a potentially fatal disease. Today, with the help of my sponsor, I have learned to keep my focus clear. Can I be absent today? Yes, I can, provided that my food is clean. However, my journey in recovery doesn't stop there. My, constant, my sponsor constantly reminds me that there is no graduation from this program. I'm not going to be issued a diploma after I've worked for 12 steps. After becoming abstinent, the challenge becomes, can I continue to put this design for living that I've been given into practical use day by day? Today, the question isn't, can I be abstinent? The acid test is, can I be stay sober abstinent, keeping an emotional balance and live to good purpose under all conditions? With the help of my higher power, that is my goal for today. You know, A, we have a saying as we progress in recovery. The road gets narrower, but the horizons get broader. I keep coming back because I want the promises to come true in my life. So I want to learn how to stay absent, how to be happy, joyous, and free. Thank you.